welcome back to Crank Kick Commentaries. As always, I'm your host, Jake Del Mastro, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Hello, how's it going? Pretty good. So, so me and Keaton, you know, we weren't we weren't satisfied with obviously just doing one episode on Shanghai Noon. Of course not. So we're going to give you Uno Mas. <laughs> Uno Mas! Uno Mas! Uh, one more! Uno okay. Mas! Well done, good work. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we've got one more part for you on 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 the most racist movie I've ever enjoyed. Um, There's got to be another one <laughs> that I've ever enjoyed like this much. Remember last? Well, week? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you can't think of one. But like I've definitely enjoyed other movies that were that were you know racist in the past, but yeah. but had racist elements. I mean, but I think, like I said last week, the just the degree. To the level of enjoyment, like the two bars mm-hmm. are are almost the same in the bar in the bar graph, which is right. almost you enjoyed it almost as much as how racist it is, which or is it's a, almost as racist as the amount you enjoyed exactly. it, whichever one is <laughs> exactly, which is t- very rare, I think. Right. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> so let's get to it. Yeah. What are we gonna What are we gonna talk about today, there, Keaton? Yeah. Okay. So last week we talked a lot about Jackie himself, kind of his background. We do well. We did a brief background, and then we spent a long yeah. time going through the outline or the uh, summary of. Uh, yeah, because it's it's a complex movie. It's man. a complex There's movie. There's a lot it. of stuff going on, and it's honestly that's half There's the fun. Lots of layers. <laughs> yeah. Well, this week we're gonna actually kind of talk about the production of it a little bit. And there's not a. We're gonna peel back the layers. Yeah, there's not a lot of information, but you know, we listened to we listened to what Jackie had to say, and you know, we've mm. got some we've got some some information, and then we're gonna you know maybe look at some some other segments that we always look at that exist in our podcast. Yeah. That if you get to them, you'll you'll get to them. <laughs> and you will get to them. Oh, you'll get to them. I know you will. Unless you live in China, in which case this will probably be. Cut short before we get there. Yeah, exactly. It'll probably, yeah, you won't even, <laughs> I don't even know if you'll have the opportunity. You won't be hearing us right now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah the opportunity will likely not be there. Um, yeah. So I guess let's get right on to it then. Shall we? All right. Yeah, so let's get right into the production. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a combination, right? So we mentioned last week it was a combination effort. There are a lot of like Hong Kong people working on the film, right? So like Jackie had a big hand in this movie. Yeah, so like Jackie Chan Films, which is his production company, um, presented it, and it was produced by Touchstone and Spyglass. So I don't really know how you know Hollywood right. deals work like that. You know, the produced versus presented by. You know, it's all. Yeah, it's 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 meaningless. It's all a friggin' mess. It's all a friggin' mess. Yeah. But point being is yeah. all these companies worked on it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I also found it interesting, like I just listed all the producers here, just because you know they they did it. You know, Roger Brinbaum, Gary Barber, Jonathan Glickman. Mm-hmm. But then I also thought it was interesting because we we're talking about Willie Chan and Jackie Chan last week. Yeah, how they were executive producers. Yeah, but then I'm also there's also this third person. Oh, Solon So, who I believe that's somebody who has another history with Jackie Chan. Solon So also produced. The Tuxedo, another Jack Chan movie. From when? Forbidden Kingdom. 2002. You never seen The Tuxedo? No, I don't think so. Oh, well, it's a classic. Jackie I mean, maybe, Chan. I've well, seen I would... it. maybe I've seen it with you. I don't know. 
I was actually going to ask it's, you to it's, recommend It's me. very silly. It's very silly. Interesting. Um, it's uh, Forbidden Kingdom, which... That I have heard of. I think that was... Yeah. Etc. But yeah, I worked on a couple of Jackie Chan things. Right, so there you go. But then, you know, you have your script is actually written. We'll get to the story, because the story was definitely a Jackie Chan original, but the actual script uh, was written by the writing duo of Al Go and Miles Miller, um, who previously hadn't worked on like a heck of a lot, although they had written the script for Lethal Weapon 4. Okay, which which one is Lethal Weapon 4? <laughs> I don't remember. Let's find out. Oh, it's the one with Chris Rock. Let's see. 1998, American Buddy Cop, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Joe Pesci, Rene Russo, Chris Rock, and Jet Li. Wow. So it's the most recent <laughs> Lethal Weapon film. I mean, really, you can't beat Lethal Weapon 2, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I I agree with that. But anyway... Uh, they wrote Lethal Weapon 4, which is not the best Lethal Weapon, but it's one of them. But Jackie Chan, so he's a huge fan of Westerns, right? He he said, right. He said he grew up uh, watching Westerns, particularly John Wayne films. And he says that he, he wrote numerous Western scripts, just like... I, I don't know how many uh, Westerns were made in Hong Kong, but uh, I think he probably had a tough time getting those made. Yeah, exactly. So he 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 tells a story in his autobiography about of him and his, one of his partners. I'm trying to is it Samon Bai? Is that his name? I can't exactly remember it. I don't have it written down. Anyway, he was he was with one of his old partners, and they were coming up with ideas for for films. Basically, because this guy was not having any luck having films made in Hong Kong, whereas Jackie Chan was obviously extremely successful in Hong Kong. Anyway, this guy was mm-hmm. trying to get it. He was like, he was thinking of immigrating actually to Canada or maybe yeah. the U.S. And then Jackie Chan was like, well, why don't you know? Why don't you try bringing the East West? Do an Eastern Western. So that's that's apparently where he came up with this idea. So is he saying that Shanghai Noon is an Eastern Western? Well, or he's he was trying to make an Eastern Western. The quote in the book is he wanted to make an quote Eastern Western. Right. So okay. So if a if a Western made in Italy is a spaghetti Western, <laughs> what is a Western made in Hong Kong? A Western made in Hong Kong. What's a stereotypical Hong Kong food? Let me just Google Hong. Well, I mean, what makes Kong Hong Kong food different food. from Chinese food? Hong Kong. Because I feel like actually a lot of the Chinese food we get in Canada is actually Hong Kong food. Yeah, yeah. I've googled Hong Kong. The first thing here says. 20 famous dishes and snacks. Let's see. Sweet and sour pork is number one. So, sweet and sour western. <laughs> that's pretty good, That actually. is pretty good. It's sweet and sour western. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So, but this movie was filmed in Canada. Yeah. So, what does that make it? Oh, no. Uh, that's that's a whole... Well, no, we talked about that, wasn't it? What did you call it? Did we? You had... I don't know if we did. No, you said there was a whole genre. No, there, that's called a northern. Oh. Which is... Different from this. Because it's actually... Because the Northern is like a Western, but it's actually set in, in the In North. Canada, right, right, right. In, like, the Yukon or whatever, right? right? A Maple Western, I, mean, you I wouldn't guess. Call it a, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. A syrup western? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Something like that, yeah. Because <laughs> you would call it a poutine western because that would be too Quebecois. Yeah, be too ke- I think maple syrup western would have to be it. I think it yeah, would be. Yeah, exactly. It's too, it's too obviously that. <laughs> so, but Jackie Chan was trying to make his sweet and sour western. Yeah, he wanted to make a sweet and sour western. He always wanted to do this. So after the success of Rush Hour, the studio producers basically sat him down and were like, what movie do you want to make? We'll make any movie you want. And he was like, well. (laughs) I have this Sweet and Sour Western I want you to take a look at. Exactly, yeah. So he he pitched them the idea for this movie. They, I guess, liked it enough to hire our writing duo of Algo and Miles Miller Mm -hmm. off of their Lethal Weapon 4 success. And I don't know, maybe... Right, so that would have been pretty recently at the time this movie was made because this is... This made in 2000. Yeah, Lethal, Lethal Weapon, Weapon 4. Lethal Weapon 4 was 1998. Exactly, yeah. So there, and Lethal Weapon 4, it said on the Wikipedia page, was the, the first Western appearance of Jet Li. So I don't know if there's really? any, any any connection there, but about the action in this movie, I was watching an interview with Jackie Chan. Um, yeah. And he was talking about like the action and the fighting in this movie uh, and his movies in general, basically. But he, mm-hmm. he said, quote, violent fighting is easy. Ooh. And then he made like a bunch of like sound effects with his mouth, just going like, uh, uh. he's like, you know, it's easy to like break someone. And he was like miming, breaking someone's neck or like tearing someone's eye out. He said that sort of thing is easy. And then he said his type mm-hmm. of fighting is, quote, like dancing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can see that for sure. There's all sorts of like. I mean, it's also just like fucking acrobatics. Like it's like it's beyond dancing. You it, know is, I mean? it is. It is. It's like next Just level. like the sheer athleticism of some of the shit that he does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was watching some behind the scenes, like, and just, I don't know, like. Yeah, I I watched a little bit of that too. It's so it fascinating. Was... Like, it does, it yeah. almost takes away when it's not filmed in a cinematic way. Like, it does two things to the action. Like, because Jackie's just doing the stuff. It's, it's what you see on yeah. film is what he's doing in real life Mm -hmm. but when you see it just like non-cut from like you know just someone over the shoulder filming him do it in one fluid take it's like it's it's Mm -hmm. impressive in a whole different way but it it doesn't have the same you know impact impact. it's weird it's a weird thing anyway he talked about fighting a lot in this interview um well yeah i i can imagine well obviously it's kind of his thing it is kind of his (laughs) thing he said that this film doesn't have one particular fighting style right I think in his, I w- when I was looking at his autobiography, he went into this idea in way more detail, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in the interview, he said... Uh, yeah, so when he was talking about fighting styles, uh, he basically says that uh, before I was learning Southern style, and then after Northern style, but after the movie, I used Southern, Northern, Karate, uh, Judo, I use everything, boxing even. A lot of people ask me, what style are you, Jackie? And I say my style is like chopped soy fine rice, everything together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I transcribed that myself from the interview. Mm. Um, and that there was, yeah, he, he listed uh, the of the stuff he used. He said uh, southern, northern, karate, and then he said one that I couldn't make out, and then judo. Mm. I'm not exactly sure, but the point being, he, he mixes everything. Like fine, yeah. fine rice, everything together. Well, I remember when I was taking karate lessons for a while. Oh yeah. I think somebody asked there, uh, like, I think we all wanted to know, basically, like, oh, what, what does Jackie Chan do? Yeah, I totally right? forgot that you took karate for like a good long time. Yeah, I, I did. 
yeah, they were like, Jackie Chan doesn't have, like, a style, you know? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> like, it's... He just... It's like circus kung fu. Yeah. Like, <laughs> is, I think, what it, what what they said. Like, yeah, that's awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> Everyone wants to know what yeah. Jackie does. Yeah, exactly. Were you, were you influenced by... Did you start taking karate because of Jackie? Uh, I'm sure that was definitely part, part of it. Part of it, yeah. yeah well, because I'm just thinking, like... Yeah early 2000s that's probably when you kind of started yeah. too that's when he broke into hollywood yeah. you know it kind of makes sense yeah um yeah, 100%. but yeah although yeah no like i think for the most part what jackie chan does is not karate but no yeah no it's not but <laughs> yeah you know he he listed karate though he did yeah so i certainly he's certainly familiar with probably a good chunk of it yeah yeah so in 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 an interview he was on set for this film uh, there was a bunch of these interviews. There's actually there's some good footage that you can find on YouTube. Um, he was talking about kind of the creativity aspect that we sort of addressed last week, you know, about mm-hmm. how he's like the most creative. How he'll, he'll like with the shoe, uh, a horseshoe and the and the rope, um, just using anything yeah, as a weapon. It's like where do you come up with that shit? Did he improvise some of that? Like. I really don't know, but he was he, he was saying because I can't I can't imagine that it's in the script and he grabs a horseshoe and ties it to a fucking rope. I think he I think he comes up with it like on the day while he's there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, because um, it's like I can't imagine anybody writing that down in a script. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think he just looks around him and is like, "Hey, that might be kind of cool." He was talking about the history of his films. He was like, I always use, like, everything mm-hmm. as a weapon. And he, like, lists a whole bunch of silly, yeah. like, a shoe, you know, yeah. a, a but clothes, I mean, like, a bra. From, from, from a safety aspect, I mean, I don't know how great of an idea that is, but, like, you know. Yeah, well, you know. It looks great on film. It, it, <laughs> it, it does look, look great. And that, there was also a hilarious detail in this, in this same interview this is the same interview he was talking about uh, his fighting style? Yeah, well, yeah, and, like, all the weapons and stuff. I think it's a similar, like, yeah. same day. Yeah, and so, like, he's saying that when he when he does stunts, uh, you know, no matter where the camera is, at some point during the stunt, he always likes to face the camera just so that they know it's him and not a double, <laughs> which I think is cool. Yeah, the way, he's, the way he, he said that in the interview was so funny because he's like, you know, even if the camera's behind me and I have to run away from it, I'll do a quick little turn. And like face the camera, and then oh, and then he mimes running away. It's hilarious. He's hilarious in interviews. Yeah, he's a really funny guy. Yeah, but yeah, he seems really uh, aware of this kind of detail, you know, this aspect of his films. Um, and I think throughout his career, what which aspect the the whole thing about the double. You should know when you're watching a Jackie Chan film that like, he's doing all this shit, and I don't think he would ever let anybody else do it. Yeah, yeah. He even said, like, a quote from him is, he said, the audience comes to the theater to see Jackie Chan, not the double. Well, also, like, I don't know. I get the sense that, like, you know, if he asked somebody else to do some of the shit that he did, you know, he might be legally liable for oh, yeah, yeah. some shit, because it's, it's very unsafe That's a, good a lot point. of the shit yeah, he's yeah. doing. Good point. It's like I don't think that. Yeah, you couldn't actually yeah. legally get us. You you probably couldn't legally ask somebody to do some of these things. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, you can see in a lot of the like outtakes and shit, like he falls and shit like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you if he... and and whenever he's doing like one of his Hong Kong movies, like the whole movie will just be put, just be stopped. Like the production will just be stopped because Jackie got injured <laughs> and the movie can't go on without him, right? Yeah. Well, he was in his in his autobiography he was talking about how like you know i came to hollywood when i was 45 we were saying last week you know 
Um, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Hong Kong, I'm already kind of an old man, you know, like my, my, after, I, after filming Lethal Weapon, you know, I was like sore after every take, even though, and he said, even though the stunts weren't, wait, Lethal Weapon? Or no, sorry, uh, 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 uh Rush Hour. <laughs> rush Hour? Rush Hour, yeah. Yeah, Rush sorry. Hour. After Rush <laughs> Hour. Yeah, he said, even though the stunts weren't that difficult, <laughs> he was yeah, sore afterwards. Know, <laughs> And then he was saying, <laughs> yeah. in, in, but in, you know, but in, in the West, in, in Hollywood, I'm a baby. I'm just one or two years old, you know, so I have to keep, I have to keep doing it. You know, I have to keep doing the stunts. And he was talking about how his, my ankles are just absolutely destroyed. Like back when I was a stunt man. Oh yeah. I would like. No, I don't know how Jackie Chan continued his career. Yeah. Like, like it doesn't make know, any it's... sense. <laughs> It's insane, like, how he has managed to, like, physically hold up. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, he was saying, it's just nuts. He even said, like, I didn't want to have surgery on my ankles, even though I needed it, because I knew they were going to tell me, basically, like, you can never you can't do this. You can't do that anymore, yeah. So. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. I, I assume he's slowed down at this point, but. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a movie with him recently. But, yeah, I think know. The Foreigner was. The I can't last... imagine he's pulling the same shit that he was doing. Yeah, they back must then. be doing slightly more creative editing than they were yeah. back in the day. <laughs> I also think that probably some like once he started doing the American movies, like the Hollywood movies, like I think some of the stuff was probably safer than it was in the Hong Kong movies, just because you know it had to be. Unions. Yeah, I think he, he even said again in, in in his in his autobiography, like Hollywood is way safer. I think he what did he say? He said uh, making movies in Hong Kong is less safe than wandering through traffic. Is what he said. <laughs> like, and somehow he survived. Yeah, and somehow he survived. So we still got a little bit more to talk about stunts and things like that. Basically, like uh, there was this great scene in the bar, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was probably the most elaborate uh, fight scene because there's just so many people and so many angles. Yeah, lots of extras. Just a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, and, and you were saying that, that Jackie basically directed that scene. Basically, yeah. And again, on YouTube, these scenes, you can see him doing it. He's like giving them direction as he's choreographing it. He's like, and then you're going to cut here. And then he's like going through the fight. And actually, as you can see, uh, Yun ba- Bio, I think his name is, is one of the guys who was one of his partners alongside the other guy we mentioned is actually there helping him choreograph the bar fight. So I thought that was kind of cool. Mm. The director, what was his name? I've already forgotten. Um, Tom Day? Yeah. He had a pretty uh, a pretty lucky situation for his first movie. <laughs> Seemed like it would be a lot of fun. It does seem like it would be a lot of fun to work with him. He looked like It looked like a really fun uh, production from the behind the scenes. The right. extensive behind the scenes, again, available yeah. on YouTube. Speaking of behind the mm. scenes, why don't we go behind the camera for a second? Heck yeah. Um, okay, so there's not a hell of a lot to talk about here. Uh, no. There's also, like, not a lot of information. Like, you'll notice if you go to, like, the Wikipedia page yeah. for this movie, there's not even a, a section on the production. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot um, of information out there. Like, you have to, you can read people's biographies who are involved and that's yeah. how you can figure out what happened yeah so uh i think we've mentioned this before but the director of photo- oh yeah because this was star trek related yeah <laughs> but let's also related to this the section. director of photography was dan mandel uh who's done a couple things including including yeah star trek. 
the Bourne Identity. Oh, really? Um, although he, I don't think he was the director of photography right, right. on that, but he he did work on it. We have first assistant camera John T. Connor. John T. Connor. I don't know. Is that a Terminator thing? John T. Connor is that a Terminator's name or the Terminator's name? Did you say? No, is that a Terminator thing? Because that's John Connor. Yeah, this is the kid in Terminator, yeah. right? I don't know. It must be. It must um, be. Anyway. That's what it is. It's definitely his name is a reference to that for sure. Definitely, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, first assistant camera is John T. Connor, but basically, this film was your average, you know, widescreen process, cinemascope, uh, pretty standard for a western. Yeah, well, but I wanted. What were you gonna say? Well, I was just gonna say that behind the scenes, like you can clearly see that they're. Yeah, it was done on film. Film. <laughs> yeah, which uh, I mean, shooting in two thousand. Yeah, exactly. On digital would have been certainly a choice, because uh, what the first movie that was basically shot all on digital was uh, Attack of the Clones, <laughs> and uh, we all, we know, all know about that movie. Yeah, well, we'll, um, we should do that movie sometime. We'll talk about that later. I don't know we'll if we can ever later. actually do Star Wars. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> but it's the Star Wars route. So but uh we talked about cameras and shit, but there's one thing that I want to talk about which is like not directly related to cameras, but uh it's more related to stunts. Okay. So you remember the mummy episode? Yeah. Oh, that also reminds remember... me the writers went on to write yes. one of the mummies. Oh, which one? The last one. The dragon one. Oh, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yes. Yeah, that one. Anyway, sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, so remember in The Mummy that Brendan Fraser had a bit of an accident in one of the stunts? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened again? He, uh... No, no, I'm thinking, well, he... I'm thinking of the guy who broke all his... Broke his ribs. No, what, what, what stunt did Brendan Fraser have again? The hanging stunt. Oh, right. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if you noticed that there was a hanging stunt in this movie. Oh, there sure was. <laughs> How did and I saw part of the behind the scenes for this, and I was just thinking, uh, "Wow, this would not have happened in this movie, that accident." Because I noticed that Jackie Chan had another wire attached. To yeah, him. he was double wired because they're not morons like they were on the <laughs> on the uh, set of the Mummy, and literally hung. Because yeah, there's a whole thing where he's there's a whole scene where he's hanging, and you know it's him because who else would it be? You know? Yeah. And it's like he's totally fine because he's double wired. Yeah, he's double wired, like, <laughs> like. I just wanted to compare and contrast that with the mummy. I know, I know, and I think I think he may have been double wired on the mummy because they're not just right, going to hang but him. Something. But what I what I recall yeah. is that they were like they wanted it to look realistic. So on top of being mm. wired, they also hung him because they just tightened the yeah. noose enough that he was also just getting hung. But yeah, no, actually, but that whole segment where they were doing the hanging scene that looked like a really fucking elaborate stunt that was such a cool stunt yeah the hanging because as as yeah. you recall the 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 horses run into the the gallows yeah. they collapse he unnooses himself jumps off the broken gallows onto the broken horse and carriage and rides off it's mm-hmm. awesome and yeah. as you said it, and you can see that they were using multiple cameras for that yeah it was it like, was basically two yeah, takes you, it looked you gotta like. get it done yeah, I think. Yeah, it, there was the take where they the horse that where the thing collapsed, and there was a take where he jumped off. Yeah, 
But the the take where he jumped mm-hmm. off was one fluid motion where he like he he had, they had already yeah. deharnessed him, so he was hanging, and then he un- he did yeah. the flip, jumped off, and then leapt. It was awesome. It was really good. Yeah, you gotta wonder though, was Owen Wilson on that platform? No, I bet not. No, <laughs> was Owen Wilson on that platform? I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't know. You can't tell from the from the shot, but it's a wide shot, so you can't really tell. Yeah, yeah. It, there's somebody. There's there. somebody there dressed like him for sure. Yeah, but but yeah, I don't think it's Owen Wilson. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to. Uh, Call attention to that because I think that that was a great stunt. Yeah, that is and, great, uh, and that's. It also looked like it was not as dangerous as the mummy. Yeah, and it was also like I think, like someone who's way more comfortable in that, you know, situation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, like I think Brendan Fraser's actually done his own fair share of stunts, but like, yeah, know, I think he did a nothing to this. Extent. No, no, yeah, he did a fair share in the mummy. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. Um, but nowhere close to Jackie. Nobody's done anything like no, Jackie. No, it's literally not. I mean, even Tom Cruise is. <laughs> yeah, even Tom Cruise is not on the same plane level as Jackie. Yeah, and he's a level thirteen Thetan or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Thetan. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. So is that how they shot it? Yeah, that's how they shot it. Yeah. Awesome. That's uh. So that'll bring us to what? Well, to a segment. That is, you know. Time to dispense with the truth here. So this is a good one, I think. And you actually, you kindly enough were the, the I'm gonna say donor of this truth. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I I did a little bit of research. Yeah. So do you do you want to introduce the uh, the piece yeah, that we're gonna so talk about? Yeah. So I was. Yeah. So I was wondering when we were watching this movie. When I was watching this movie, like you know. Can does a wet shirt break? Does piss shirt? Can a piss shirt bend bars? Can a piss shirt bend bars? Good question. <laughs> Excellent question, in fact. I like your energy, but I'm not, I'm not with you. Where the shirt gets wet, it doesn't break. I don't know what that means. And then okay, and then what? Then with the wet shirt, you. You bend the bars. That's the payoff. Don't waste my time with stuff like that, okay? A 2,000-year-old civilization, that's all you can come up with? Shame on you. Shame on you. Yeah. So it's, it seems our good friend Jonathan Hare from, where was it? What university was he from? It's from the Royal Society of Chemistry, but where's John Hare actually from? He was definitely English. <laughs> yeah. Uh, British physicist, uh... Uh, it's the Royal Society of Chemistry is where this information is from. He's a he's a scientist. Yes, a real scientist. And he basically did it for us. Like we could have done this ourselves, but he did the hard work. Yes. So like. Uh, so, if you are wondering if a piss shirt bends bars, the answer is a resounding yes. It's a it's a hard yes. Yeah, that's it's it's <laughs> awesome. Like. It, it, 
in order to prove it, he bro- basically broke it down to like, is wet cloth stronger than dry cloth? Which is is the more simple question. Well, I, so actually, we don't have a definitive answer, actually, on this. Because he didn't use Pez. No, you're right. And he, because he went, he went into the whole chemical, uh, uh, like reasoning, reasoning. Like, I would have been satisfied with the practical, you know, uh, test. But he wanted to know the chem because he's a chemist, right? He wanted to know the uh, uh, the chemical reasoning why that happened. And he, it was inconclusive. He couldn't. I think at the end he said like something about the fact that it was just like something about the fibers being enlarged or something, but that wasn't like... Con- well, he said perhaps the most plausible explanation is that the water causes the fibers to swell, increasing the friction between them and thus making the cloth harder to tear. So yeah, that's the most plausible thing, which makes total sense. Um, but his process was basically, he said, quote... I tested strips of cotton by hanging weights from them made from buckets, which I could slowly fill with water, not urine, to make them heavier. So, on average, a heavier weight was required to break the wet cloth than the dry cloth. So, wet shirt don't break. Wet shirt don't break. He even said, though, that because he he went on to say the leverage would be enough. He doesn't explain this, though, but he does say that... What do you mean? He didn't explain, like, the idea about why the leverage worked i don't think but he did say here that the leverage obtained by the cloth knot wooden stick was enough to bend a steel bar uh 2.4 meters long similar to those used in the jail in shanghai noon well he basically did the thing that they did in the movie (laughs) so he actually got a bar yeah well i I mean either that or he calculated it it sounds like he calculated it right Regardless, he goes on to say, though, about the idea that a modern jail, you know how modern jails have that horizontal bar halfway through? Mm-hmm. And is that specifically for this reason? Could be, because, yeah, because maybe, you know. Because maybe somebody escaped from a prison using a wet shirt. I mean, it's definitely for that reason, because it does just make it the bars harder to bend. <laughs> so, like, that is why. Yeah, but... definitely. Whether or not it's specifically to protect against piss shirt. That, you know, who knows? Who knows, yeah, yeah, but regardless. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a that's a great piece from, from Jonathan Hare, and I'm glad he did the did the yeah. wet work for so, it. So to to sort of like uh summarize his conclusion with the the bars is that you you can see in the in in the jail in Shanghai noon that the bars go from floor to ceiling. Yeah. And there's there's one really long bar. Basically, if you had a jail like the one in Shanghai Noon, you could probably get out of there with a piss shirt. That is fucking excellent news. Yes. And I thank you, uh, Jonathan Hare, sincerely for your uh, for your dedication to the truth. You are truly a uh, uh, a truth seeker. Right, okay. Right. J- Jonathan Hare, you're a truth sayer, lie slayer, right there. Um, right there. See, I told you so. No, you said wet shirt don't break, not piss shirt Ben Barr. Well, okay, I wanted to I wanted to know one more thing. I don't know if you have this information, but now that we know it's possible, are there any recorded incidents of anybody breaking out of jail with a wet shirt? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I haven't I haven't no. I haven't heard of any, but let's just let me just do a quick looky loo. <laughs> um, 
Or just bending yeah, bars. Yeah, I'm searching like, bar, something. bending, yeah. jail, break. Escape. Yeah. Well, the yeah. article is actually the fourth thing that comes up when I search that. Really? Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I, I get no no stories of. No. Right. Uh, so it was the University of Sussex, just to so we uh, are clear. Right. Right. Okay. So so no, the, we we don't know if, if anybody's ever escaped from from jail using a pitcher. I have to assume that because they came up with the idea to put the parallel bar, someone bent the bars more than once. Right. We don't know with what implement. No, we don't know with what implement. Maybe a strong guy just did it with their bare hands. Well, they're clearly not as smart as Sean Wayne. No, clearly not, because you don't have to. What do we got next? Be fun to play a drinking game. You know any Chinese drinking games? <coughs> no. <coughs> Every country has a drinking game. You must know one. All right, so there's one more thing that I think I wanted to discuss here. Um, yeah, we absolutely have to touch upon this it. movie. And that is the drinking game that uh, Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan play yeah. in the bathtub. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, yeah. So um, I believe this is an actual Chinese drinking game. If not, it's something that Jackie Chan made up. Yeah, I think it is a real drinking game based on what I read. But if you made it up, it's pretty um, sophisticated. Pretty sophisticated uh, game to make up. So do you want to walk us through it? Yeah, so the rules of the game are like basically pretty simple so um basically there's a song that you need to know and there are all these hand signs that need to go with the song right yeah and so um basically what happens is that both people have to sing the song at the same time and do the hand gestures and basically it gets faster and faster each time you go through the song right and if you get the wrong lyric or the wrong hand gesture for that lyric, then you have to drink. Oh, right. So you do it, you get faster and faster, and it's like this long kind of like. Uh, yeah, so there's all these different hand signs, and you got to match up the things in the hand signs. Basically, the first person to fuck up drinks. It's pretty sick, really. Yeah. And so the lyrics are as follows Okay. One crab with eight feet. <laughs> this is translated, yeah, yeah. mind you. Yeah, two pointed horns, what a big crab. <laughs> Blinking eyes, shrinking head. Crawling, crawling everywhere. <laughs> two and two, who should drink? Three and three, who should drink? Five <laughs> and five, who should drink? Two and two, you drink first. Three and three, you drink first. Five and five, you drink first. If you get to the end and are successful, you start the song over again, but faster. That's honestly so sick. That's like, I really like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I would get completely destroyed by this game, I think. Like, and well, I mean, you, I feel like the English the English lyrics don't flow very well. Yeah, I think you'd have so, to, lose, like, it looks like the... Uh, you have to learn it in Chinese, I think. And looking at the, the Chinese, it looks like it at least vaguely rhymes here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it rhymes for sure. At least it ends on the well, same yeah. syllable. I'm not going to, I was going to think, oh, maybe I can attempt to pronounce this, but I'm not. 
but yeah, yeah, we should we should try to learn this song. I would I would give it a whirl. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I'd have to learn it before before we bring out the liquor. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'd you'd have to. Wrecked. I think you'd have to learn it. Like you know. It's impressive how quickly uh, Roy O'Bannon picked it up. Yeah, Roy O'Bannon picked it up instantly. Uh, I wonder how long it took Owen Wilson to learn it. Probably a long fucking time. Probably a little while, yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty impressive that he learned it. What truth do we have to behold? This truth is we're just gonna we're gonna set some stuff straight. Last week we talked we okay. talked about how fucking racist this movie was to indigenous people. Um, so. We're just gonna get a few. We're just gonna put a few details to rest as we address all uh, this this racism. So, first of all, the facts: Carson City, Nevada. Um, the people who 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 would actually have been in that area are the Washoe people, or I believe I, I don't know how okay. to pronounce their actual name, but so that area it's a Great Basin area. So the Great Basin is. Basically, uh, let me just see what the actual geographical area is. Um, so the indigenous peoples of the Great Basin, um, Northern Great Basin, Snake River Plain, and Upper Colorado River Basin. So it's basically just all the all the uh, nations that live in that area. So you've got Utah, California, Nevada, you know that that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did they did they give the the people in the movie a no. name? The only people that were named were the enemies, who were the crow. Um, mm-hmm. and that doesn't the crow people are also known as the Cheyenne. So the Cheyenne are two people actually. Sorry. So yeah, it, okay. you've got to there's the there's the anglicized names, and then there's the actual tribes, and often they're not <laughs> the same. Okay. Okay, so it's the Soteo and the Sotitanio. So those are the two people that make up the Cheyenne. And those people are indigenous people of the Great Plains, which is nowhere near Nevada. So Okay, so it it's unlikely that these people would have been here. Yeah, and furthermore, the actual aesthetic of the people shown is mostly kind of ripped off of the Sioux, which is also like the okay. Cheyenne. It's kind of a... The Great Plains... It's a Great people. Plains people, and also it's like uh, a massive um, grouping of other nations. Like the Sioux, there's a bunch of different nations under the Sioux banner. Mm-hmm. It's that's a, a generalization, as as you know, the, as the same as the Cheyenne. Point being, oh yeah, those are the actual people who would be there, not <laughs> whatever the fuck they showed. Right. Okay. Um. But yeah, just wanted to set the book. Set the book straight on that one. Okay. So do you know when they were speaking in the film, do you know if they were speaking in actual language? Oh, shit. I totally forgot to find that out. So no, I don't know. Um, Let me see if I can find it really quick, though. Okay. Who are the people that would be around Drumheller, Alberta? That's a good question. Let's find out. And is it whatever language they would speak? But yeah, okay. Let's find out who, what the language around Drumheller would have been. Drumheller, Alberta. A lot of people, as per usual. <laughs> so it seems like it's the Blackfoot. Yeah, so you've got a mixture of the Blackfoot right at where Drumheller is. Um, so let's look okay. at the language of the Blackfoot. 
So there's a mixture of Michif and Western Dakota okay. languages in uh, near Drumheller. So let's see. What are we saying? I'm just looking up some Michif words. Oh, so you're going to see if it sounds at all like what it does in the movie? Just let's just see. Let's just see here. Michif dic- dictionary. So what word should I look up? Just so we know. I don't know. Crow. Because that's a word that they say in the movie. Crow. Encorne. <laughs> E-N-N-K-O-R-N-A-Y. Okay. Now let's see if they say that word when they say crow people. <laughs> Encorne is how it's pronounced. Yeah, yeah, pull up the movie. The word is for crow. Encorne. Garitoga Makuchi. Enyong. Ejikia. No, no, it didn't that. sound like that. Can you look up what the word land is? Land is uh, la terre. La terre. That just sounds like French. No. No, no. they didn't. So it's no. a different language. Did you hear what they were saying? So it's not that. Okay, so hypothesis debunked. Debunked. <laughs> okay. Who knows? Maybe they are speaking some Southwest yeah, language. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, we're not uh, we're not linguistics experts, so you know. So finally, let's uh, let's move on to our last few points here. To our, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, let's kind of just wrap this all in with the final thoughts. Like, okay. I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I think we talked a lot about like what we thought of this movie like last week. Uh, like really funny, a little bit uh, on the racist a side bit. in a lot of ways. <laughs> Extremely on the racist <laughs> but, side, but like. But- I don't know. One thing is just like uh, that. I, I kind of think about every time I watch a Jack Jam movie now is like very disappointing, and that that's just uh, how he's kind of become kind of a shill for the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, yeah. He's had some some extremely questionable uh, statements about Hong Kong and 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 the CCP uh, in the past. I don't know what five years. Yeah, five ten years more or less. Like. Uh, I don't know, just, um, I don't know if, like, you know, the Chinese government has, like, you know, dirt on him or something, or, like, you know, maybe, you know, they've got to him, I don't know, or if he just really is, you know, you know, supporting an authoritarian government. It is really, really uh, hard to say what the situation is, but it is, regardless, um, as you say, it's rather disappointing. It is disappointing to hear him say unfortunate yeah. things like you know what some stuff about yeah well uh do you want to yeah you should read the act that, that just that specific one was was is the worst one in my okay. opinion that um, i read of the ones you sent me but there might be others yeah so um he said uh i'm gra- so he said some questionable things like specifically he said like that the authorities of that basically about Hong Kong protests, basically that the authorities should stipulate what issues people can protest over and what issues should not be allowed to be protested over. So that's obviously, um, which is pretty sketchy. He also said, uh, I'm gradually beginning to feel that we Chinese need to be controlled. If we're not being controlled, we'll just do what we want. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a bad one. Um, so yeah, that's disappointing, but his, yeah, you know, it makes this movie uh, adds another layer of if you I can see why you wouldn't want to watch his stuff, but maybe he just took a really big hit to the head at some point and is now. Just I could totally see him being gone quite off the rails. Damage. It's totally possible. Um, yeah, but but yeah, you know, as that's that's that. It's disappointing, but 
this movie is is this movie, which is quite yeah. f- fun, really, if not extremely yeah, no, racist. really fun. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, once again, shout out to Owen Wilson for being so great in this movie yeah, too. Yeah, that like, as much as we talked about Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan is great in this movie, I think Owen Wilson really is like a big part of what makes this movie. Oh, great. of course, yeah. I mean, the their dynamic. I think we talked about how their dynamic, like the script was nothing yeah. special, but their dynamic really pushes through some unfortunate dialogue. Yeah, I mean, so much so that like you know they. They made a sequel to this movie, which was also amazing. In fact, in my opinion, it's better than this movie. Um, and uh, there's kind of been rumblings for a lot of years about there being a third yeah, movie. Who knows if that's ever going to happen? But uh, I think I think that would be great because I think this is a really. I would just love to see those two guys get together again. Yeah, just you know? so long as it's not funding the CCP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, that's maybe one reason why it wouldn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Right? That could be difficult. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But it would be fun. I'd watch but, it, probably. I, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> I, I just really think this movie's pretty funny. Uh, and although imperfect in many ways. Yeah, we can't, we can't say it more than, more times. We've said, we've, we, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. It's. Yeah. So, do do you have anything else? No, to say it's you? an acquired taste. If you, it, but it's uh, it's fun. Yeah. No, that's we've we've said everything. I think that that we need yeah. to. So. So you want to watch Shanghai Noon now? Sorry, Shanghai Nights yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that one next. <laughs> I'll watch it for sure because it's a fantastic. Yeah, movie, we'll watch but, yeah. it. Um. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, yeah, that's our episode this week. Do we have anything else to no, say? No, I don't think so. No, uh, no nothing. Uh, all right. Nothing pressing. It's been a shorter episode for you this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Uh, but we'll be back with you with a, probably a longer one again next week. Hopefully. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> hopefully, yes. But yeah, anyway, so I will. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, and I guess I'll play. Oh, yeah. Shout out to uh, all our listeners in uh, Russia. Yeah, I noticed that. We got in. a couple of Russian listeners. I noticed that. That was yeah. interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. We're not banned there not yet. yet. But uh, we'll just keep just going. Just wait till we do Anastasia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Dr. Yeah. Zhivago. <laughs> That'll get us banned in Russia, I'm sure. All right. For sure, yeah. All right. 